All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. 8.36, he's on the line, he's got his cup of coffee, and he's also on the couch. I mean, really. Nico, how's it? I'm good, Michelle. How are you? I'm absolutely rocking it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to start a weekend. <laughs> what a great way to start a weekend. So, Nico, are you starting with um Something about cars. Or? You know what? I, I just want to tell us before we do anything. Yeah. What, what I really enjoy about the show is that of course, I always have to prepare something. That's my, 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 let's not call it a job because it's fun. So I always get something in line and say, okay, today I want to talk about this. So I, I might have one, one subject or topic and I, that's, uh, how long will that take? Or maybe I will have one or two or three, depending on how short they are. But sometimes, um, it's so interesting that we, we do so many questions that I never get to those topics. So I would prepare a topic and we just answer the questions which I enjoy. And then sometimes I think, have I spoken about that topic yet? Because in my mind going through it, okay, no, that's what I want to talk about. So sometimes it might be that I've missed some things I wanted to talk about. Or now I'm actually going to talk about something I wanted to talk about three weeks ago. And then I'm still thinking, did I talk about that or not? So if I start repeating myself, tell me. But let's start with the questions first, and then we'll go on to my topic. So um, if you have some questions, we'll run yep. with those. Okay, so let's start with the questions. I'm going to start with a difficult question for you. Well, I think it's quite difficult. No, well, then why should I? Don't you want to take it then? No, I think you must take it. You're oh, the man. expert. Nico, <laughs> okay. this is from Joe in Bloemfontein. Mm-hmm. Nico, I have a 2000 model Sentra that I want to sell. I either want to sell it to Scrapyard or to the second-hand dealer. The body and the engine are not really good. Which one would be better? I mean, is the car driving or not? Because if the car is sort of moving and you can still drive it, um, maybe somebody would want to drive it and fix it themselves. Um, you, you, the thing is, I don't know exactly which one. You should go there and ask them. I think drive to a, a few Scrapyards. I don't know if you're in Gauteng. You'll find much more than in a small town. Go to the scrapyards and ask them, listen, what will you give me for my 2000 Sentra? What is it worth? Go to some secondhand dealers, ask them, what will you give me for my Sentra? And then the one that gives you the most, that's where you go. And certainly if the body's no good, well, that's okay. But he says the engine is... No, well, the body also, I don't know what no good means, but if the car's rusting, it's really not great. Yeah. Uh, so if the, if the car is falling apart, if it's not roadworthy, well, nobody's going to buy it because they can't drive it. Okay. Um, and you can't, you, you won't be able to get a roadworthy certificate. So... Um, I, I don't know how bad these things are. Can the car be fixed by somebody? Um, is it uh, 50000 to fix it? It's not worth it. Um, then you've got to scrap it. So if you can't get it to be roadworthy again, you've got to scrap it anyway. You have no choice. Okie dokes. The next choice um, question comes from Gail and Kloof. I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Saying, I have a 2010 Daihatsu Terios. The clutch yeah. pedal has a switch that is activated as soon as you start pushing the pedal down, not the switch at the bottom of the stroke to allow you to start the car. The car does not have cruise control. What is the purpose of that switch? Say again? It has a switch? Where is that switch? The clutch pedal has a switch that is activated as soon as you start pushing the pedal down, not the switch at the bottom of the stroke to allow you to start the car. The car does not have cruise control. I'm not sure what that means, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the question means, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Send us a picture of the button uh, that you're talking about. Because clutch is normally, uh, a clutch pedal um, has only one function. Yes. Um, and it's to engage and dis- 
disengage the clutch mechanism. In other words, you've got your engine and your gearbox and you've got to connect them. And you do that with a clutch mechanism and then you've got a pedal and when you press the pedal down to the floor, you, t- you, 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 you um, disconnect the clutch from the flywheel so that you can change gears and when you release the pedal, you engage it again. There's normally not another switch. So I'm not sure if the switch is on the pedal or, uh, that you're talking about or is there another switch? Um, so I don't understand the question. Maybe you can just reword it or add a bit more details. I'm sorry. but Okay, Gail, I, you need to figure that out. And maybe one of our listeners understands that maybe you've got a Daihatsu Terios. Yeah. Maybe, you know yeah. I mean, I, could, I, I don't know all the cars in the world, so maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Please. So if yeah. you have got a Daihatsu Terios and you know the answer, please give us Help a call, uh, 7142006, or you can WhatsApp us, SMS us. We'd like to hear from you. I'd love to help. I just don't know what, what the question is. Okay, so Petro, uh, Petrolhead, this is from Nelson, mm-hmm. um, who has uh, sent us a WhatsApp um, and asks you to explain it because many people are second-hand car buyers. And it's an article that was in News24 saying, watch out, motorists use tools bought online to reverse used car odometers and scam buyers. Okay. So yeah. can you explain how this works? Yeah, so... Um I guess it depends on, on, on the vehicle. But if you go back a few years, um, how cars worked, it, it, the odometer had a little wheel. Uh, effectively, when the wheels were turning, it would turn that, you know, those little numbers. Um, and they would turn, uh, and, uh, in other words, measure how far the car's driven. Um, and then somebody one day figured out, well, if I can effectively reverse this, I can reverse or move the odometer and reverse. In other words, um, take the numbers it. down take the numbers down. So the car had 80,000 and I can actually then take it down to 40,000. Um, and with electronic cars, I think it depends on the manufacturer. It might also be possible um, somehow to um, uh, plug a computer into the car, especially if it's an electronic system and reverse the odometer. It depends on the manufacturer because some manufacturers actually have more than one place that actually um, uh, measures kilometers. So not only the, the you have the sensor on the wheels, but the gearboxes also would um, would do that. So I, it does depend on the manufacturer, Michelle. Um, and I guess if you're going to more expensive cars, it's much more difficult to do. So um, you know what the best way is if you're looking at a car and you're looking to buy it secondhand, um, try and find the previous owner um, or try and find a service record. Because if the car has a service record, which is always anyway, if you're buying a secondhand car, the best one you want to buy is a car that has a full service history. Because you know the car's been serviced when it needed to, you know, it probably would be much better than a car that is newer but doesn't have a service history. When the car then has a service history, you should be able to track what the kilometers are. Let's say you buy any brand, you decide to buy a Kia, for instance. Yeah. What you can also do is take the VIN number of that car and then go to the um, Kia themselves and say to them, um, maybe they have it electronically on the system. So uh, newer cars, when you manuf- nowadays manufacturers would also, a lot of them keep it on, on, on a, like a database, what kilometers the car is at. You can also look for the owner's manual. And in the owner's manual, uh, some cars still have a book with stamps. Um, or, um, and you can look at what, what the stamps are, the kilometers there. So those are ways to do it. If you can get the previous owner, you can ask them. They Normally, the previous owner, especially if you're buying the car at a, a secondhand dealer somewhere, yeah. the previous owner has already sold it. He doesn't actually, he or she doesn't mind, uh, you know, to give you any details. So you can say, what kilometers was this car roughly on when you sold it? So those are things that you could try to overcome this. So I, I guess it's possible. 
Um, it's not necessarily that easy, but it can be done. So those are ways. Look for a full service history. Um, contact the manufacturer. Ask them. Maybe they've got a history on, on, on their system somewhere or phone the owner, the previous owner. So, okay, that sounds um, like we are uh, on the right track in terms mm-hmm. of if it's a second-hand car. Yeah. So, Angus Norkey wants to know, why do so few cars have add blue functionality, considering okay. that cars without mm-hmm. it are extremely harmful to the environment? Okay, so what AdBlue is, is AdBlue is an ammonia solution. So AdBlue is, is normally with a diesel car. So if you want to know if your car's got AdBlue, you open up your fuel cap and you'll get a, your, your normal, and in your diesel car, you get a fuel cap and next to that, you're going to get another small cap. So there, there's two caps uh, in your fuel uh, when you open up the fuel flap. And um, uh, AdBlue is an ammonia solution that gets um, sprayed into the exhaust. So in a diesel car, you have nitrogen oxide, NOx. So as the NOx is coming out the exhaust, add blue is sprayed into the um, into that um, that ammonia solution is sprayed into that exhaust, and it breaks up the NOx into nitrogen and water. So that's what 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 add blue is, um, and effectively, so it's nitrogen oxide is nitrogen which isn't harmful and water which isn't harmful. Um, I guess it depends on the manufacturer themselves. The, the downside of add blue, of course, is you've got to now buy the add blue, add it to the car. Every service the car gets add blue. And if you've driven the car harder, you might actually need to add blue, add add blue <laughs> in between services. Um, uh, it costs a little bit more, um, so there, there's more cost involved, and it depends on the type of engine uh, or type of diesel engine. So some manufacturers would have diesel engines with add blue. Some would say, well, we have other things um, um, or other, um, you know, we don't necessarily have add blue in this engine. So it depends on the, the the manufacturer and how the engine was built from the start. Is it an add blue engine or not? So that's, in other words, the answer. The manufacturers themselves decided. It could be also that um, our diesel quality in South Africa, unfortunately, is really quite bad. Um, uh, we, our parts per million, if you look at the diesel and you say 50 ppm, 50 parts per million sulfur or 10 ppm, 10 parts per million sulfur, um, because of those, um, the fact that we can still get 50 ppm, a lot of manufacturers won't bring in their best diesels because they're uh, running on a 5 or a 10 ppm. And if you're putting 50 ppm into the diesel, um, there's a chance of harming that engine. It's just not designed for that because the diesel is not clean. It's very dirty, plus it works under very high pressure. So that also unfortunately then means manufacturers don't bring in their best diesels. That, for instance, is a Euro 6 emission diesel in Europe um, because our diesel is too bad. And it could also be that certain um, um, AdBlue engines, also because it's a very clean diesel, um, it, it, it runs on a low software diesel and then add blue to make it even better. Okay, I'm going to move right along. This is a question by Norman Matabula, and if I'm not mistaken, Norman is a truck driver. He's uh, one mm-hmm. of our um, regular listeners saying, please ask Nico, if you drive 80 kilometers per hour in a truck, is it the same pace when you compare, and it's funny, the um, autocorrector said Campari, mm-hmm. and I think it's compare. Okay, you should not have a, comp- a Campari when you're driving. Yeah, there's no Campari <laughs> when you're driving a truck or a small car. But he says, is driving 80 kilometers per hour in a truck the same pace when you drive it in a small car, same speed, because the size of the tires are not the same? No, the speed is the same. The tires are just um, uh, rotating a different, um, you know, they're just rotating at a different speed. So if you... Um, or, um, well, again, um, if you're going at 80 k's an hour with a truck or a car, both of them are doing at 80 k's an hour. But I, I guess if you're looking at a, a bigger wheel or a smaller wheel, they would ro- be rotating um, at different rates at that 80 k's an hour. 
So the vehicle itself is moving at the same speed. Just for interest sake, all the car drivers out there, um, I think we don't realize it, that that truck weighs a few tons. So if you've got your swaddled car, you've got your, let's take a, you've got your, your Daihatsu, and you're driving with that at 80 k's an hour, and you need to hit the brakes, it's really easy to stop it in a short distance. That truck um, is not that easy. So when you are driving and there's a little bit of a gap and you squeeze your small little car into, the, into that gap that the truck driver is now um, planning for himself to break, you're making life very difficult for him. Uh, and, and you're making actually life difficult for yourself as well because he might not be able to stop in time. So do consider truck drivers when you're driving as well. When there's a gap, they're normally planning ahead. These guys are amazing the way they drive the trucks and handle them, but they've got a, a plan to slow down that weight. Yeah. Um, and you can't just squeeze your small little car into that small space. Um, same thing the other day, I was actually, when I was in, 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 in Paul working there, I think it was two weeks ago, um, I was driving with my nephew, and a, a, a truck um, uh, was coming on, on, on a road about 80 k's an hour, and a small car just squeezed in front of him, as if that truck was going to stop like a car. So the truck now had to take big evasive action. I had to take evasive action because I just saw the truck coming my way, but there was nothing he could do because you can't slow that many tons down that easily. So consider trucks as well on the road. Don't squeeze into small gaps because they're planning ahead to, to, to stop a big weight. That's so interesting. So, Norman, the speed is the same, but the ability to stop differs because of the weight that is being carried. And I imagine the difference in being hit, obviously, Ooh, is you don't, yeah, between, you don't want to be hit by Yeah, that's not yeah. good. <laughs> We're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we've got a couple of voice messages as well. Cool? All Things Automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Okay, Nico, sorry about that. Um, we do have a voice message for you, so we're going to go right into it. Hello, Nico and Michelle. It's Peter Wiley here. I just want to ask Nico how he feels about a catalytic converter. Uh, my wife was given a Fiat Panda, and we've always noticed the performance to be low, and it used a lot of petrol. And we're told that it needs a new catalytic converter. Can't we just simply remove that completely? Because uh, it's such a small engine. Surely we're not polluting the atmosphere to that extent. And would that improve the performance? Thanks very much. Bye. Hi there. Uh, from the way I understand it, I think the, the, the switch that's attached to the clutch pedal, it, it, it can be the same thing like the switch that you have on your brake pedal. When you press your brakes, then the, the brake light switches on. It's a switch that just functions uh, when you press your, your pedal. Am I right or wrong? Okay, so those are the two uh, messages that we're going to give you right now. The second one uh, suggesting that it's actually a brake light with a Daihatsu Terios. That's an interesting one. You should have given us your name, but uh, that's cool. Thanks for that. Nico, you could maybe respond to that. And then the second one, or the rather the first one, the catalytic converter. Can it not just be taken off? I did hear a very interesting story on BBC where they spoke about the fact that catalytic converters were being stolen um, in the UK because they were valuable in terms of the materials that were in the mm -hmm. catalytic converters. I think it's, I can't remember which, which material it is. Sorry. Okay, go for Un it. Un unobtainium. What? Unobtainium. Ob unobtainium. <laughs> well, they obtainiumed them very well. No, no, <laughs> that's, that's not unobtainium. Sure. 
Okay, so first <laughs> of all, such thing as catalytic so, uh, converters. Yes. Um, well, I know that um, people take, I know that this happens. People take out the catalytic converter. They reckon the car has more performance. But um, even a small engine is still polluting the atmosphere. You know, these things are all relative. You can drive next to a broken car that's just belting up black smoke. And you can say, well, my car is cleaner than that car. And then relative to a car that doesn't have a catalytic converter, um, well, you, that car is, is less clean. I, I think that, that there's, there's, there could be other factors in the car um, that you need to consider. It's not just the case of when you take out the cat, um, take it out and the car works fine. So I would say, and again, I don't know what your budget is. There's so many other factors to this. Um, but I'm not sure if it's just worthwhile to take out the cat, um, what it will do to the rest of the engine. You can do it. People do it. But I would, I would personally not suggest it. I would say, what is the cost of a catalytic converter? I would also just ask the manufacturer to be sure. Uh, I forgot now what Peter's car was. But um, ask the manufacturer. Just, they, you have nothing to lose to say, if I take out the catalytic converter, how will this affect the performance? Are there other factors in my little engine that I don't know about that's also going to be affected when the catalytic converter is out? So um, personally, I would say, yeah, that's, that's your decision to make. So you can take the cat out of a car, but you can't... Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Okay, you, you. so I love this question by um, Gaba from Edimbaza in the Eastern Cape saying, Good morning, Nico. I'm not sure if you were ever asked this question regarding the car's speedometer. It mm-hmm. goes up to 220 kilometers an hour, especially with fast cars, and mm-hmm. then highlighted. But the maximum speed limit in South Africa is 120 kilometers an hour. Yes. That's the question. Why? What? Why? Why is the speed the the the, the why is the speedometer two hundred and twenty or why is the speed limit one hundred and twenty? <laughs> you can answer both. Okay. Well, let's say well one hundred and twenty k's an hour um, is the speed limit in South Africa. If you drive in uh, Austria, it's one hundred and thirty k's an hour. Um, I think in America now I have to try and think it's less than one hundred and twenty in America, but yeah. I think it depends on the state. If you drive on the autobahn, you can go as fast as you can if traffic allows it. So literally, I've driven on the autobahn. Um, I remember a while. That's in Germany. Back, in Germany, on the autobahn. Autobahn, by the way, is just highway. I had a 1.9 diesel Polo. That was the car that I hired. That I think the car could do 190, and I did 190. In other words, I pushed this little thing as quick as I could. Um, the difference, of course, was just the fact that the people are really good drivers in Germany. They, they are, in my mind, some of the best drivers. So they're used to the speed. Um, they're used to um, um, following the rules of the road. They, they get out of the fast lane. They don't sit there. Um, so I guess it depends on the quality of the roads. Uh, it depends on the quality of the drivers. Um, those are, and, and, and of course, the, the lawmakers at the side, okay, that's it. I don't think it will work in South Africa just suddenly to say, okay, let's open the speed and now you can go as fast as you can. So I think um, the 120, I think, is a good speed in South Africa, depending if the road is good. Um, I would say manufacturers, there's, maybe there's a bit of bragging in there a little bit when it's a high-performance car to say, well, this is what the car can do. Although the cars don't always, we say it pulls the speedometer. It doesn't always get to 220 when you say it can go to 220. But definitely we can't have a speedometer that only goes to 120 because if I want to overtake a car and it's a downhill um, and I need to go fast to get past him and it's a performance car, I'm going to get to 160 very quickly because I can't just say I'm going to not ever go faster than 120. Anybody that's driven on the road knows that if you want to overtake a car, you're going to go past the speed limit to get past that car. You can't just say, okay, 120, I'm going to stop accelerating. So um, I guess that's it. I also would say that 
maybe that whatever car that manufacturer has could possibly be driven in Germany on the Autobahn and then it needs to go faster. So um, I, I think it would also be look a little bit ridiculous if the speedometers only go to one, 160. Having said that, um, some cars are limited. I have some friends on the way to the Kruger now. Um, they've hired a camper van and they just let me know that that car is limited to, I think, 110. So literally that camper van, that's like a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, I think, can't go faster than 110, which for me is a little bit ridiculous because if they so want to can't overtake, overtake, basically. They can't overtake. So that's my short answer. I don't necessarily know. Uh, I think manufacturers wouldn't go faster or let the speedometers go slower. Maybe it tells you a bit about the potential of the car, but it doesn't mean that you ever have your car and you ever go to 220 um, because you've been breaking the law. Okay, you mentioned that Germans are the best, you consider to be some of the best drivers in, my in the world. Opinion, in yes. your opinion. In your opinion, and you've got like a minute to answer this, which province in South Africa has the <laughs> best drivers? I'm not going to go. <laughs> that, now that was setting me up. Ooh, that, that's such a low. I'm, I'm not even going to answer that because I definitely have an opinion on that, but I'm not going to say. You're not going to give your opinion? I'm not, I'm not going to give my opinion. Uh, because that's so dangerous. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Michelle, I'm not going to tell you where I think... I think each province has its um, sort of... Oh, dry, no, don't. No, don't. Cost. You're going to... You're not going to, like, say you have an opinion on Germany, but you're not going to have a, an opinion on South Africa. I think each, each province has its good and its bad. So um, I'm going to leave Well, in Dosh says not East London for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Zalma says Joburg is the best. So you see, there, there's there's comment. People yes. here are not afraid to say their opinion. So you are afraid You're, to say your opinion. I I, am, I, I definitely have a know when I when I drive. I'm more frustrated in certain areas. Okay. But I think each province <laughs> has its good and its bad. So I'm going to leave it there. Okay, he's going to leave it there. But we'll put the question to I'm you really if you're listening. Are yes. you um? Which province do you think in South Africa has the best drivers? Also to note that someone has just WhatsApp to say a Cadillac converter is made of platinum. Obviously, that's very expensive, like gold. And obviously, its job is to reduce pollution. Yep, you got it right. Nine o'clock, it's time for the news. Good morning.